Welcome to the Rebel News Daily Livestream. We are speaking across the pond with Lewis Brackpool. How are you, young mate? I am very well. How are you doing, sir? It's been a while. Yes, you've abandoned me for weeks for greener pastures, <laughs> Switzerland, um, whatever estate it, it was that you went to, to, I don't know, engage in British things. I'd imagine clay <laughs> shooting and wearing a lot of plaid and woolen caps or something like that, wasn't it? That was correct. I was up in Daventry. Um, I was, yeah, in the Midlands, just having some time off, clay pigeon shooting and just, you know, just trying to take it easy. Listening to lots of Oasis, no doubt. Rebelnews.com slash live streams <laughs> is where you can get our daily feed because we are on Rumble, Super U, Odyssey, Getter and YouTube. And am I missing any Super U? Did I say that? Did I say Odyssey? I said them all, I think. I'm getting a thumbs up from the back. And if you want to speak to us, you can send us a paid chat, a rumble rant, it's called on rumble.com, a hyper chat on Odyssey, and a super you shout on superu.net. You can give us questions and comments, and you know we always get lovely compliments <laughs> for me, Lewis, on this show, because <laughs> it's it's just truly what I deserve. And then people supporting Absolutely. Lewis. Wow, unbelievable. I'm wearing blue on a blue background. Maybe that's something you guys can comment on. So just send us that and we will get to them throughout the show. And of course, we have plenty of stuff to get to, all from jolly old England to start off with, Lewis. You want to throw something onto the board and see if it sticks? Maybe some uh, maybe some LBC stuff, maybe some, you know, pride policing. What do you got for us? Right, let's, let's begin with Sir Keir Starmer, as he's called over here. Um, he's, of course, self-destructing his own uh, <laughs> political party, as he's very good at doing. Um, not to say, of course, Boris is doing the same thing, of course. Uh, he was recently interviewed once again on LBC, where a particular presenter uh, by the name of Nick Ferrari um, interviewed him and asked him, previous to this interview, um, can a woman have a penis, uh, mm. uh, Kia? And he... Couldn't quite answer that. He was struggling very much. And now it's a rose again where he was asked the same question uh, months down the line. And <laughs> he kind of originally said, oh, you know, some women do, <laughs> but, you know, vast majority don't. Uh, so, of course, using vague language, because, you know, I didn't realize that that Keir Starmer was a, uh, a turf, uh, which is um, very odd. Um, so I believe we have a clip to play of him saying it, but uh, it's rather interesting. and I'd love to see your uh, your reaction to it. All right, let's play it and then I'll be aghast at whatever is said here on the London Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs> oh, we're taking a second here. Um, Can we resolve oh, one thing? You will recall a little while ago we had a conversation about female and male anatomy. Annalise Dodds, your women's and general equality secretary, and equality secretary says women cannot have a penis. Another of your senior colleagues, Stella Creasy, says a woman can have a penis. Sir Keir, can we put this to bed? Who's right? Well, look, Nick, let me take this head on, um, because you challenged me on this last time. <laughs> and let me be clear, for the, for the vast majority of women, this is all about biology, and of course they don't have a penis. We all know that. Mm. Um, 
And Ooh. of course, they need safe spaces. And we all support that. I've been supporting that for many years. And of course, we want more equality for women. Again, the Labour Party has been fighting that cause for a very, very, very long time. So for the vast majority of women, um, biology is what matters. And it's very clear they don't have a penis. Uh, but let's not leave out of account that there is a small minority of um, individuals who were born in a gender they don't now identify with. Um, uh, some go through um, a process, say... others don't. Um, and <laughs> so that is very traumatic for them. And I, for one, I'm, I'm going to respect and support them. Um, and um, and I think that's actually when most people step back from this, they think, well, that's a, that's a fair assessment here. You know, 99.9% probably of women, it's all biology. We must support them, safe spaces, more women's equality. But let's not pretend um, or disparage or fail to support a small group of people who actually struggle with their gender identity. Um, and I think that we can resolve this if we all approach it in that spirit. As an he is unable no, to say, go ahead. Biology is always changing. Saying, well, this this is it. It's, it's one week, it's one thing. One week, it's another. Um, what's the solution, Kit? What is the solution? I mean, you keep banging on about it. What is it? What approach it with the same spirit? What does that even mean? I don't. I don't quite understand. <laughs> but um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Sir Andrew? <laughs> Thank you for knighting me in real time, Lewis. I think that it's, you know, the science on women is changing week to week here. One week, you know, women have penises. The one, the next week, it's only 99% of them that do. I don't see what the problem is to saying, yes, women are women and they do not have penises. But there are transgender people out there who identify with women. It's like he can't give an opinion on whether or not he believes, you know, transgender people are the gender they claim to be or the sex they claim to be it's all intertwined of course they don't want you to say that but it's so hard like the people that will come back at you for that are such a small minority of loud people and it's not even for the most part transgender people it's you know like the blue haireds and the morbidly obese and the lonely men who really really want to defend them because they see themselves all oh, this uh what's the word i'm looking for this, this large group, this conglomerate of people who have been wronged by society in some way, and they found a way to get back at everybody who's wronged them over the years by by trying to seize control and ultimately getting money out of it. Because, because that's what ends up happening is a group forms, a, char a charity or an action group forms, and they demand recognition, they demand uh, status, and they demand money. Happened with BLM, happens with the Pride Organization, happens with March for Our Lives, happens with Women's March. Every time there's a social issue, a new company is then born out of it. And what does that company want? Money and power and uh, political opportunity. That's my opinion, Lewis. I, I don't think there's any more to add, personally. I think I think you've probably hit that on the head. Wow. That. So I guess that um, moves on to the next story. Um, <laughs> regarding LGBT issues, but this issue is now arising with the police. Uh, more, more specifically, the Essex police, where they put out a tweet of them holding, uh, of course, the progressive LGBTQ plus plus flag. Uh, does this have the black and brown chevrons on it, Lewis? Let's be specific here. It does. Well, does it have the it Ukraine like flag it on it? Does it have Ukraine colors on it? It doesn't. Wow. It doesn't. It doesn't. This is so a they are Yes, exactly. Yeah. Glad we were so able to point this that out. Arose, 
this story arose when, of course, they posted this particular picture, and we can see the tweet here, where the Essex police uh, turned around and said, we celebrate diversity by raising the Pride Progress flag for hashtag Pride Month at our headquarters and to honour those who championed for equality before us. Hashtag we value difference. And of course, they added, we're monitoring our posts, so all hate crimes will be reported and investigated. <laughs> it's like uh, the old cops show, a couple episodes of cops where they put a bike out on the street with no lock and then arrest people who come like homeless people who come and steal the bike. Like we're going <laughs> to, we're going to say something ridiculous. And if you dare to disagree, we'll be monitoring you. And this is what's going to happen. Um, I say arrest everybody who is tweeting at them, retweeting them, find them. Uh, nobody should be allowed to speak <laughs> online. Nobody should have opinion that differs from the pride narrative. The problem here is Lewis, what, what does this do for the police? Like, why do why do they need to be involved in this? Why do they like they're acting like it's Veterans Day or Remembrance Day for all the people who fought mm. before us? Like this is some sort of war that's been happening. Uh, there's no, <laughs> I I can't think of the last time a there's been a monumental incident that was involving an anti-gay or trans hate crime. Now they'll say that you know they're all dying, which is of course a lie, um, unless we're talking about mm. suicide rates, which are through the roof, but. What mm -hmm. is what do you think is the goal here? Just virtue signaling points? Do they get are they giving people, you know, upper hands in anything? Are they trying to to what is the goal here for this PR move? Uh, do you know what I don't know? I think it is virtue signaling. I think it's just it just boils down to that. Of course, Essex has uh, a lot of problems in that town, uh, most specifically crime. But now it's to police mean tweets. And of course, England and the UK in general are so good at doing that. And we've been <laughs> doing that for a long time now with non-incident hate crimes where, you know, you can have a, a visit from your from a, your local police officer um, if you've posted something pretty spicy on Facebook or Twitter or even just jokes or memes as well. Spicy memes, you'll just be paid a visit. And, of course, this is a current trend with a lot of the policing. And I don't even know. I'd, I'd love to sit down with these officers and, and, you know, try and interrogate them and find out what do you class as a hate crime and uh, and, and expand on that. I'd love to sit down and, and, you know, go through that. But, unfortunately, I think most people will be arrested for even asking questions anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think people will get that far. There's going to be a new generation of online police officers and they're going to work for the state yeah. and they're going to sit in a room like a drone pilot with 15 screens yeah. watching Twitter and Facebook and even already doing it, even get her in a parlor, even the far reaches of, uh, of the right wing of sphere. And they're, <laughs> they're going to be so proud of themselves, like a drone pilot who kills people from afar. They're going to be like, well, I wield this internet power, like a Reddit moderator, almost drunk on their own sense of power. <laughs> but in this sense, they can actually charge you with something. Whereas a Reddit moderator can, you you know, sit there and eat increasing amounts of Cheetos and laugh to themselves at the people they've banned. <laughs> Crunchy Basically, Cheetos, not those right. puffy ones either. I don't know. If, do you have Cheetos in England? Cheetos in years. I, I probably Jamie Oliver probably banned them as well. So <laughs> I haven't had them in such a long time. So well, Lewis, uh, if you can wipe off your 
orange crumbs off your fingertips. We've got another story about the NHS. Uh, they're getting rid of the word women from ovarian cancer guidance, yes. which is um, obviously the right move. You want to read this one for us? Yeah, sure. Um, so this is from Summit News, of course. Uh, a report shows that the UK's National Health Service has scrubbed the word women um, from ovarian cancer guidance to be more inclusive. And it now states that trans men, non-binary people and intersex people can get ovarian cancer. And if we'd like mm. to just scroll down uh, to the main article, there we go. The NHS, of course, showing us what, you know, their, their virtue <laughs> is. Um so the post-millennial, of course, reported uh, the development, noting that the NHS, the NHS's erasure of women is from their resources on ovarian, cervical and womb cancers of all which only impact women. Um, so this was, of course, the report from the post-millennial where Ashley St. Clair put out saying the woke movement is obsessed with the erasure of women. UK's National Health Service drops women from guidance on ovarian cancer to be inclusive, but the word men appears prominently on male-specific conditions. Very interesting. Well, we're going to have so, to get rid of that too. Yeah, of course. We have to get rid of all of it. It would just be person X and person Y <laughs> soon. No, that refers to chromosomes too, too accurately. It's going to have to be uh, person zero... Sure. No, that's binary Person too. Zero I don't even one. think we can that's do binary. that. It's gonna have to be. Can't uh, do it. Just gotta say, type A, type B. Is that no, too binary? That's too binary well, as well. I, I use. I like to use the term women X. So you know, checkmate. I like how these people have to go into a doctor's office, and the doctor is required to now lie to them. Oh, mm. I, uh, have you had many men come in for ovarian cancer screenings? Yes, men come in all the time. They can get ovarian cancer just like women can. Wait, they are women. Wait, what am I doing here? And then by that point, the person is yanked off with a giant cane like Looney Tunes off the screen, and they are no longer a practicing doctor. Mm -hmm. They go to the gulags where you will, you know, monitor other people on the Internet while looking at a flag of uh, Ukraine and a picture of Vladimir Zelensky on the wall. I believe that's accurately what's going to happen soon. <laughs> Lewis Brackwell, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, you're not, of course. And this isn't the first time that the National Health Service has put up such... Uh, I don't like using the term, but I'm, I'm going to use it. Wokery. And <laughs> it's on, on, the, uh, on the website, of course, the National Health Service had a particular blog called Dear White People, mm -hmm. um, which, of course, expands to how NHS workers uh, are to be taught a certain type of diversity training it's not diverse, of course not. It's just hammering white people from what it sounds like. And, of course, the actual blog itself is all about recognizing white privilege. And uh, so these types of things from the NHS, is, it's not, of course, um, rare. This is this is a rather common practice. And what's next is, is the main question. I mean, you can't just you can't stop this sort of thing. It's just going to keep escalating and keep going. So I wonder what's next. The four pillars of far leftism seems to be, you know, gender ideology, uh, racial ideology. And now our next topic, um, at least the third one, is COVID ideology. Then we can put climate change as number four, let's say. And uh, the Department of sure. Health is advertising for a deputy director, delivery lead, 
COVID pass. So they're planning to have a department for COVID passes, obviously. And this is in uh, mm. be, was being discussed in Parliament, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. And we I noticed had that you guys. MP... Have, mm -hmm. Sorry, I was just going to say I noticed that you guys have literal benches. Where in Canada, I don't think that they do. <laughs> Sounds like they're copying the rhetoric, mate. You know, <laughs> I'd sort that out. Um, That's right. Yeah, this is. Uh, there's a video, of course, which we'll watch as well, of Desmond Swain, the Conservative MP, one of the very few good Conservative MPs, in my opinion, in our Houses of Parliament, that actually asks the right questions. Wait, uh, Houses of Parliament? Said, How many Houses of Parliament are there? Sorry, we've got House of, House of Parliament. Wait, no, you, you, you caught me out there. Sorry, House of Commons and uh, yeah, right, the House then. of Lords. So I meant to say House well, of Well, you have a House so of Lords. We don't have that. We don't have a Lord House. Seems rather um you know excessive and uh excessive. <laughs> diplomatic and really puts like down it, the lower class of people oh we're going to the house of lords where only the lords would be expected the landlords um the lords <laughs> of uh the rings the land. <laughs> yeah go ahead sorry yeah, i'm getting off track it, here with tomfoolery <laughs> right. so this is this is uh, Desmond Swain calling out Sajid Javid on this particular position. To Desmond Swain. Why is his Lord departmental leadership advertising <laughs> for a deputy director delivery for oh a COVID God. pass? What's that about? I can't <laughs> put it together for this the guy. Honourable friend, my honourable friend, in asking that question, I believe the reason that the department is uh, it, it keeps that uh, under review is that uh, the, the, although the pass has stopped and there's absolutely no prospect I can see of ever it coming back oh. into place, that it is right that when we oh. wind this down and work on the digital resources, uh, that, that it, all things that are necessarily looked at appropriately. <laughs> oh, Didn't answer it. No, of Didn't answer not. it. Lord Sway. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Have you taken in the possibilities of the COVID delivery lead COVID pass position as the prerequisite for the Tom Jobbery of the Jum Robbery? Oh, I'm sorry, Lewis. Okay, continue. That's all right. That's all right. I actually quite <laughs> like it, personally. And that's from someone that lives quite rural. So, um, yeah, didn't answer the question no. at all. Of course he didn't. So is COVID passes coming back? What are they up to? We don't know. But stay tuned on the next episode of <laughs> What is Going On in My Country. <laughs> you know, my dad called me the other day, Lewis, and he warned me about an eighth wave was coming. And I was like, "You." every time I talk to him, I'm like, you really need to start changing the channel, old man, or else you're going to be, you know, expecting something to happen that's, you know, pro not going to happen if you stop watching, you know, the government channels. But uh you're, he, he's still yeah, in the, the thick BBC. of it out there. He's still in the thick of it up in rural Quebec, Canada, speaking French, doing other French things, eating poutines, <laughs> uh, diet Pepsi's. Go ahead. You're not allowed to call them poutines because Putin. That's right. So, uh, you know, big it. Curds and gravy. Ah, right. Do you have those poutines. there? Even, when was the last what, time poutines? you ate a poutine? I don't think we have poutines. Over All here. you do just, is you take. We French... only know of Putin. Do you have French fries? Yes, we do. Do you have gravy? Right. Call them chips, mate. 
<laughs> do you have cheese? Yeah, yes, do. you have the greatest cheeses. What was the one you named for me last you, time? Have, have you... Have you got have you got cars over there, Lewis? Well, what I'm in saying England? is, all you have to do is put them together, and you've got a poutine. It's not as strict with the cheese curds as you might believe. And do you have cars, right. Lewis? <laughs> in any no, event, it's, it's horse and cart, mate. Yeah, we call them. We live buggies. in Guernsey, mate. Guernsey? <laughs> is that an Amish area? Guernsey, yeah. You know, I sent <laughs> Lewis over the weekend a clip from this English movie I was watching where they were so gypsy. One guy bites off another guy's nose as he's fighting him. He beats him with a hammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The accents were hilarious. And I'm just like, I wonder if this is just a regular thing that Lewis has witnessed in his wife. Nice, in his life. Nice hammer beating at the pub. Maybe a guy bites off the nose of another guy and, you know, on St. Patrick's Day or something. I mean, no comment. All right, we'll move on. Um, Boris Johnson retained his prime ministership, I'll call it, the other day. Lewis was reporting on this as it happened in his time zone, of course. Lewis, was there any doubt that he wasn't going to maintain his position? There was a slight bit of doubt. I think they timed it all wrong if they really wanted to go ahead with it. Um, so this, this came about, of course, straight after the Jubilee where backbenchers basically revolted and said, look, we've had enough of this. We've mm -hmm. had enough of this uh, yellow-haired buffoon. <laughs> and uh, it's time now to, uh, of course, take some action. And, of course, uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we, I think they voted, it was 141, um, correct me if I'm wrong, um, how many people voted uh, for a no-confidence against Boris. But, of course, the... Uh, the majority voted that they were confident in Boris <clears throat> and his leadership. Now, here's my personal opinion, okay, and this is just my opinion. If you removed Boris Johnson from office and we had a, a reshuffle and we they decided to select another prime minister, there is no one else that would be any better, um, in my own personal opinion. Uh, 141, I did get that right. Um, Impressive. And... If you had someone like Jeremy Hunt take over, which I'm not going to make a joke uh, from the surname, <laughs> brother uh, if of you Mike. had if you had someone like Jeremy uh, take over, who was pro EU, was even said to Nadine um, Nadine Doris, um, explaining that he would he wanted to model the COVID restrictions or the lockdown restrictions here, the model off of China, and actually explicitly said that. And then came out and lied and said that, of course, uh, he, 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 was always against, he was always against lockdowns. Of course he was. Mm -hmm. That's why <laughs> they didn't he happen. Um, he was, he was favoured to, of course, replace, and it would have been detrimental. And, of course, if you look at the opposition, I mean, we've, we'll probably have a general election very, very soon. I say probably, we will. And... Um, <laughs> we're seeing a very, very poor opposition. So to be honest, with what you're going to get in Parliament is either going to be the same or if not worse. So, and I'm, and I'm putting Boris Johnson on a very bad pedestal here. So I don't know. There, there's no win-win. It's all lose-lose over here. So really, the best thing to do is for... I know what Boris is going to be doing. He's going to be throwing the red meat out to his... um. Uh, to his MPs and saying, look, now we're going to have to try and repair things and move on. He believes it's, it was a good result. It's not a good result. 
You've got 141 MPs revolting against you and wanting you out of the leadership. It's pretty, pretty bad in your in in a in 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 this current situation. And there was a there was a a letter that we can show that outlines a few of the points that the uh, MP Jesse Norman made. Uh, if we go to the first one, just on the left, and we can read some of it, we can zoom in a bit. Um, I won't read all of it, but it, it brings the main points into this letter. If we zoom in a bit, is that possible? Is that possible? Okay. Gonna have to I've just had an eye test. My frames are transparent. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I have the ears of a, you know, uh, what has good ears? Of a dolphin, but the eyes of a bat, we'll say. And uh, that's as far yeah, as that, we'll go with that. That's me after today's test. Oh, you had one um, today? But it outlines. I did. I did uh, have one do today. Do you have I glasses? Had a full shebang. Nope. Are you and apparently going? I don't need them. Oh, wow. Uh, no, which is great. Even after I was like that, like <laughs> literally straight after. Like, yeah, cheers for that test, mate. Thanks. How's um, that? Here we go. Yes, that's better. That's be better. Excuse me. I think you said batter. I don't know where that came from. Don't worry. We all get confused batter. by your accent sometimes. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, so <laughs> if, we, if we scroll down. It says, uh, as Prime Minister, you have dealt with a very difficult hand with COVID in Ukraine, and you deserve great credit of much of the way in which the government has handled these twin crises. Is. Uh, your recent visit to Kiev was a conspicuous, uh, conspicuous act of leadership. That's to be debated, personally. Um, so scrolling down, it says, first, as Sue Gray's report, Sue Gray is partygate, basically. So uh, the MPs finding out that, of course... Um, mm -hmm that Boris basically was having a party during the height of lockdown. Uh, you have presided over a culture of casual law-breaking at 10 Downing Street in relation to COVID. To describe yourself as vindicated by the report is grotesque. Secondly, both the Queen's speech and elsewhere, your current policy um, priorities are deeply questionable. Breach of the Northern Irish Protocol would economically was would be economically very damaging, politically foolhardy, and almost certainly illegal. I do love the language here. Um, you are the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party, yet you are putting the union itself gravely at risk. The Rwanda policy is ugly, likely to be counterproductive, and of doubtful legality. Privatization of Channel Four is an unnecessary and provocative attempt to address a political non-issue during a time of crisis at significant cost of the independent UK film and TV industry. No genuinely conservative government should have supported the recent ban on noisy protest, at least of all when basic human freedoms are facing the threat of extinction. Doesn't mention us, mentions it in Ukraine, of course. <laughs> so I think... He's made a few few good points there. And I think a lot of people are just so sick and tired of where this direction is going in terms of the Conservative government, in, so, in terms of the Conservative Party in general. You have other people like Priti Patel who, you know, say the, the big talk, give the big, you know, 
oh, I'm going to do all this about illegal immigration and then nothing happens. So he signs up a Rwanda deal, which now we know is going to be challenged by human rights lawyers. And it was almost it was almost a story that we knew was going to play out. So that's my um, that's my opinion on it. And a few from, of course, the other MPs that showed their disgruntledness of, uh, of the prime minister. But we carry on. We move. And they're all part of the WEF anyway. So. <laughs> so there's no escape in sight. We're going to move exactly. across the pond. I love the labeling of producer Olivia. The top path was uh, Britannia. <laughs> now we're just going with America. <laughs> um, across the pond to Washington, D.C., Matthew McConaughey, who has used, you know, large caliber weapons in many, many movies. He apparently is a native of the Uvalde town in Texas that had a school shooting where, of course, it is being um, more and more revelations about how the police failed to go in on time. There was a mother who spoke out now that said she went in uh, when the police wouldn't and grabbed her two children, which, of course, is very sad when a small woman is going in unarmed despite police um, telling her not to and the police are nowhere to be seen. I don't know what they're like. I don't know why you're afraid of a teenager um, who is armed just as you are. But that may be near here nor there. Matthew McConaughey was at the White House, of course. And who better to speak on policy than an actor who, uh, you know, he's here on some topics. He's there on others. He's basically like the Bill Maher of politics now, except he's not a polit he not doesn't have a political show. So let's see what he had to say. And then we'll comment on some of his suggestions. We need to invest in mental health care. Okay. We need safer schools. Yes. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. Yes. <laughs> we need to restore <laughs> our family values. Yes. We need to restore yes. our American values. Yes. This isn't as bad as I and thought it would be. We need responsible gun ownership. Responsible okay. gun ownership. We need background checks. Have those. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle. Don't know why. To 21. Okay. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. These are reasonable, practical, tactical mm. regulations to our nation, states, communities, schools, and homes. Responsible gun owners are fed up with the Second Amendment being abused and hijacked hmm. by some deranged individuals. These regulations are not a step back. They're a step forward for a civil society and, and the Second Amendment. Now, Lewis, I'm going to say that I'm a victim of my own news feed here because I what I read made it sound way worse than it is. The only thing... Mm -hmm. Um, I was writing some down. Mental health, of course, you can always say that that's easy. Background checks, for the most part, we already have those. Um, what people are against is background checks where it's specifically for guns and people can tell that you're having a background check for guns. But you will already see that those happened uh, happen in many cases, if not most. Um, the AR or assault rifle... Um, Here's the thing, most mass shootings aren't done with the weapons they just think uh, that they think are scariest. It just happens in some places. It doesn't matter what the weapon is. Um, uh, most of the time it'll matter of the proficiency of the shooter and the will to cause as much damage as they can until they get caught. 
Now, uh, the Virginia shooter had pistols, and I know we're getting to YouTube gray territory here, so I'll keep it uh, more vague, but when we can't just react, in my opinion, to the weapon that's used and, and freak out over how it looked because in some cases it's a, it's a knife on the London Bridge or something like that, or it's a van in Paris or in Toronto. So if we're saying that it's the problem of the um, item instead of the person, I think that's I think that's the wrong thing to do. And raising the age of 18 to 21, I mean, I don't agree with the drinking age being 21 federally either. So if you're going to say that everything should be 18 or 21, I think America needs to decide on that. I think most things are 18 other than drinking. Um, you can join the military. You can drive without anybody else. You can, do, you can go to a bar. You can do all these sorts of things. You can gamble. So I think they need to decide on that. I think 18 is fine. Um, I think they're just saying that because they think that assault rifles uh, shouldn't be in the hands of a person who's school, high school age. But again, if, if they can still get pistols and everything, I don't think that's much of a difference. The waiting period, I'm not totally against it, but why would you need a waiting period? Just give people a, a second chance. I think they're willing to wait if they if they get the gun anyways. But the big problem I have is red flag laws, and I'll tell you why people are against that. And I'll tell you why, logically, I think everybody should be against it. And it's because right now Joe Biden's in office. Crazy Democrats are all around. AOC, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all of them nuts. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, they get to decide, and the people they appoint get to decide who is unfit to have a firearm. Now, in this day and age, it's going to be somebody who goes to Infowars.com or somebody who, you know, reads, who likes Charlie Kirk or watches Tim Pool or likes Joe Rogan or something. Those people are going to decide in a very biased method what is a red flag to them those lawmakers now if you want the other side of the story which you do on rebel news um what happens to the people who hate donald trump let's say donald trump gets reelected, or we you know play uh superman spinning the world backwards and we go back to 2016 to 2020 and donald trump's in charge and he says we need red flag laws and all of a sudden people who watch msnbc people who vote for uh bernie sanders People who watch the Young Turks and watch Chank freaking out about stuff and Hassan Piker saying, I'm a socialist, but I have millions of dollars. Who's to decide on which side, who the crazy people are? What are the terms? What do you decide as a person who's unfit to have something that's in the Constitution? Now you got to the point where you need to change the Constitution. I don't think it's wise to do that for this, just like it's not wise to do that for freedom of speech. That's why people are against it, and that's why I think for both sides, you shouldn't want the government to decide who and who can who and who cannot obtain a firearm. And in many of these cases, Lewis, including this Texas shooting and Buffalo, the writing was on the wall, and the laws and the government agencies like the FBI, they're always almost always aware. The teachers are almost always aware this happened uh, with the Nicholas Cruz kid as well in Florida. It seems to me, and even if you want to go back as far as Columbine, where they decide to blame Eminem and Marilyn Manson, the, the flags are already there if you want to call them red flags, but nobody in these law enforcement agencies want to pay attention to them or enforce them or do anything about them, it seems to me. So, you know, uh, in a lot of these cases... 
it's not a legally obtained firearm anyways. So I don't know why people seem to think that these laws are going to stop criminals and why criminals would suddenly not break the law. I mean, you could go to any horrible, you know, outer city or in, inner city like Compton you want to talk about, the, the outside of Chicago you want to talk about. You think all these guns are legal? Do you think more gun laws are going to deter them? They have not. They will not. They are not. And then they say, oh, it's because there's so many guns coming in from other places. Well, how come the, the guns aren't coming into the legal states and causing problems there? So I don't think um, Matthew McConaughey was as bad as some people on the right wing made him sound. I disagree with red flag laws. I disagree with some of what he said. But some of the stuff was reasonable. Um, American culture, uh, f the family unit, uh, mental health. That, that's hard to disagree with, even in its vagary, Lewis. But uh, mm -hmm. I just I just think logically, if you think about red flag laws and um, and increasing the age seems pretty arbitrary to me. Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, it's, it's a difficult subject for, you know, living in a country where if you go camping, there's certain laws about certain cutlery that you can take. <laughs> uh, so. You know, it's quite a difficult subject for, for you know, a Britishman such as myself. A um, Britishman. But trying to understand, but trying to understand the uh, the Second Amendment from um, from my perspective, if you look at um, the top major cities that are have the most gun violence or gun crime in America, I believe Detroit is number one. Chicago, I think, is like second, or it might be There's the other so way many. around. There's so many. Baltimore, St. Louis, and New all Orleans. Weirdly, mm -hmm. all of them, and all of them have the strictest gun laws in the US. So I think that's not a coincidence. I think that there is something there, and there is something that needs to be looked at. Um, because these laws don't prevent criminals from using these weapons or obtaining these weapons. They're still in circulation. I mean, America have, have had these this Second Amendment, of course, since we left. And yeah, it's it's part of it's part of American culture. And as much as you know it's it's quite alien to us or someone like me who's over across the pond, I can I can understand, you know, rights to protect property and uh, various other things but to completely outright ban and then to really squeeze this uh this amount of legislation i mean they've been the democrats have been doing this for years and it, it's proven to have no results it's actually made it a lot worse so what is the answer to that well, well they, go ahead it's a difficult it's a difficult one it's a it's a very difficult one because I understand the sentiment behind it, but it's just not logical. And if you look at the statistics from these major cities and where the, the majority of the of gun violence are coming from, it's these major Democrat-run cities. And it's almost like these cities have been just deprived and just left to, to carry on. And they're all Democrat. It's really weird. And I've also and I've noticed as well, and people will say, oh, well, Texas is up. And the statistics from what I've seen is they they um, they measure in suicide gun deaths with um, 
as an overarching just gun deaths in in general so they'll actually fuse the two together which i think is is wrong because clearly there's context there um so i don't know maybe i'm wrong i'd be happy to be proved wrong but this is how i've seen it and this is well, I'm seeing it from a, an Englishman's or a Britishman, as I've said weirdly, uh, <laughs> that lens. Well, I think that there's a reason America is the most free country in the world. I think there's a reason why they don't have as many lockdowns and as many restrictions on themselves. It's because nice. they've fought off authority before. And a lot of people don't know yeah. that there are other countries with more gun violence than America. You could El Salvador, places like Honduras, South Africa. El Salvador has an absurd amount of gun violence. And what do you think it's like there? Like, do you think that banning guns there is going to solve the problem? Do you think that there's less deaths in South Africa from gun violence than there is in the average American city? And you know what? To your point about these cities, they've been run by Democrats for 30 upwards of 70 years. We're talking about Detroit, Chicago, Mm -hmm. St. Louis, Baltimore. Um, all these cities, the list goes on, by the way, um, and mm. try something new. Try something new where somebody will come in and be like, this is a different approach to gun crime because it's clearly not working. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago is one of the worst mayors of all time, and she thinks there's no problem. So it, it, it goes to show um, that you can change your vote and maybe think that, like President Trump used to say, what do you have to lose? People are dying in the streets every weekend. Every time there's an event, a day in Chicago that has fireworks, people use that to cover their gunshots. And that happens almost every weekend. Um, yeah, could be, um, could be worse. Could, could be worse. Could be over here where um, pepper spray uh, is banned in, in, in England. I'm here not too. sure about Scotland or Wales. Um, it's banned. And you'll suffer the same sentence or imprisonment as you would if you fired a handgun. Hmm. pepper spray we cannot have pepper spray here or tasers or anything for a woman to defend themselves it's pretty much banned olivia do we have any paid chats you can send to me on our on you send them to me on our message there with lewis and we'll uh because we got uh one of our tvs exploded i'll say and uh we don't have that up to bring it up in a large font setting lewis brackpool of rebel news uk all right let's do these three here g867 which sounds like a airplane for ten dollars says regarding toronto airport lineups the joke is on the people who complied and are pin cushions for trudeau now he's oppressing you noticed yet i think they have lewis i think they have <laughs> so i do the next one sure uh king seven seven three four uh donated a dollar the essex police <laughs> monitor can't you <laughs> the Essex police monitor can't you overseas I'm going to troll the out of them well just yeah go I mean, I mean I'm not hanging advo- out in the Cayman yeah. Islands I'm not advocating for anything because I don't want um, a little visit you're getting one anyways <laughs> basically I probably am um, Bobby's oh, and banging the clubs <laughs> Probably, yeah, outside. Uh, he's got another one for you there, I think. The pouring rain. Cool. Oh, wow, uh, it's it raining in England. So much... It is. I know, shock horror. So <laughs> much BS on the Essex police site, uh, but you can report antisocial behaviour. That's insane. FFS. Yeah. 
on a Final Fantasy, I think, is what he's saying there. He's a big Final Fantasy VII fan. I think that's what that stands for. It is. Uh, that remake part yeah. two needs to come out, um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely webcam each other on MSN Messenger while we play that. Um, <laughs> I'll have the color in my name, um, and so yeah. aw- always away status as well, so nobody knows if you're there or not. Um, of course, classic. So down in Texas, of course, they had a, a disgusting drag queen show with children there tipping them, and uh, men with fake mm-hmm. rear ends and such. Um, and now Texas, uh, legislatures, I should say lawmakers, because that's what they always use in the U S I don't know, uh, if that's just a Commonwealth thing, but they announced a bill to ban minors from attending drag shows. And, uh, this is written by whom? Ian Miles Chong, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question to you, Lewis Miles Brackpool is, do you <laughs> think that legislating this type of thing is the answer or would you say it's more of a cultural shift that needs to happen? I think both. You know, we. why is it we don't allow boys to go to strip clubs? I don't know, Lewis. Why? it's disgusting and it's gross, <laughs> right? And children shouldn't be exposed to that. There we go. I've just dismantled the argument. Why is it any... Why is it the same? Why is suddenly this an exemption? So... There you I don't go. know. I guess we maybe we go. do need no, to have no laws. Explanation it is a inherently sexual thing for these men dressing up as women. Whether you think yeah. that's true or not, I think it, I think people are being naive if they don't. Um, which is fine if you're people an adult. Only, I just want to say, people only use the the big government. Oh, what you so you for small government? And then suddenly, when a law that we that people propose or conservatives propose, such as this banning minors from attending drag <laughs> queen shows, suddenly, oh, so oh, what? So you don't believe in you? You believe in big government now, do you? So, ah, oh, cherry picking, mate. What's producer right. Olivia pulling up here? I'm not sure. I like what I see. What is it's, it? Because uh, I can't see. I can't <laughs> see. It's uh. I think it's drag queens with with butt cheek implants or something. Oh, right, I don't want to see. Yeah, that's. I, I think people have that. seen enough of what the drag queens did. This is a popular, yeah. popular one. Oh, is it the video? Well, Without they have. Yeah, you can you can throw that up. This is where there oh, you can yeah, see the children. Like this is not somebody just. Oh, we're having fun. Like, like women seem to like drag queens, but. Uh, this is not behavior or attire meant for small children, nor the type of dancing a meant for small children. Family-friendly event, of course. Of course it is. Let's bring our kids. Of course it is. We've got a morbidly obese yeah. person. We've got crazy people. <laughs> We've got this poor little girl who's being coached and groomed, you might even say, into giving them money. You know what, Lewis? He just wants to be a pretty girl, and who cares about the children's brains, you know? Uh, who cares about their development and... Uh, I guess that's the mindset here. It's just having fun. Um, yeah, but banning it, mate, you're for big government. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's when like, you got to put on the voice. What, mate? You're yeah. putting on more government legislatures? Um, well, Ro- you're for small government, <laughs> bro. Um, where are we here? Robert De Niro, who's just not a crazy person at all. Um, um, he is the co-founder of the Tribeca Film Festival, and he just thinks that Vladimir Zelensky is so amazing that he needs to involve them, <laughs> involve him in the event. This comes after, excuse me, 
Um, he was on Stephen Colbert, who isn't a left-wing shill at all. Um, of course. Saying how Joe Biden's been doing such a great job. But let's see uh, what Robert De Niro has to say has to say about Vladimir Zelensky being at this year's event. Trying to do this, and I don't know if I should say, but I'll say uh, a, 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 a statement by Zelensky on, uh, on all the films, you know, in black before the even he doesn't even know the his title last name. of the film comes <laughs> comes out. Zelensky. The way I understand it, and we're trying to do that now. See if we can get. And you're all night. A statement, a sentence or two from him, uh, or a little more, uh, and that would be something to address what's going on over there. Um, it's the least we can do. It's the least we can do. Impactful. It's our, it's, it's it's our responsibility. Way. All right, get your statement from it's Sudan. Still... Get your statement from some North Korean <laughs> escapees. Get a statement yeah. from the people of Georgia who Russia also invaded. Get a statement from Belarus, who basically has no choice to, but to be a puppet state for the uh, for Russia. Get a get a statement from the Hutus and the Tutsis. Um, let's get a statement from the people who wanted the Ivory Coast to become Cote d'Ivoire instead. Um, let's just get a statement from all places in the world that we can exploit for our own political gain. I think. Yeah, um, Mr. De Niro, uh, what are your thoughts on the Azov Battalion? Um, <laughs> well, that's all either patriots. <laughs> Those oh, yeah, are the yeah, patriots that love the country. Oh, no, that's Russian propaganda, mate. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, and then you, you know, ask him like, what he thinks of like American nationalism, and he'll say that's white supremacy. Um, there's some stuff <laughs> happening in baseball, and we want to get to a new segment soon. But... Um, there's a San Francisco Giants manager who said he's not coming out for the national anthem because of gun violence. Of course, it's San Francisco. Um, he's very brave to do that because that'll change everyone's mind. Um, there is a pitcher named Sean Doolittle who now plays for the Washington Nationals. He spoke at a social, American socialist event. So we've got all, <laughs> all walks of political lives. And we can throw this up, please. A Breitbart article. Who wrote this? Yeah, I don't know that person. I was hoping it was Patriot J, who writes for uh, Breitbart now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would like to know how much of his salary is being donated to the American Socialists. Like, shouldn't he be evenly distributing his salary and maybe taking down maybe a hundred grand a year? I want to know, how, can you look this up, Olivia, please? Sean Doolittle's salary, or is it included in the article? Um, S-E-A-N. Do little how you think it's spelled and salary. So I want to know how much the socialist, maybe he is very charitable, Lewis. Maybe him and Harry Kane are getting together and they're just uh, taking a knee and donating all their money to all the right causes. What does that say? Uh, so I think I think it's fair if he only takes about a hundred grand. He lives in uh, D.C. now, so he can live in a nice place in Northern Virginia or something. And then just give away the other 1.4 million that he makes to the right causes. I would assume that he, what he's doing, because socialism, you know, you got to redistribute the wealth. And um, uh, do we have any quotes or anything of what he may have may have said? Is there a video attached to that? No. All right. Well, Lewis, you know, go ahead. You know, you know, the the, the counter argument would be, um, well, what if he was donating to a, a conservative event? So what then, Andrew? Well, what is then, that suddenly okay? 
Um, it's suddenly okay when your ideology does not dictate that you should be taking other people's money is what i would say to that if you are donating to buddhism or like islam or something else that i don't agree with the thing about that is those belief systems uh don't require you to complete they don't have a position of let's distribute redistribute everybody else's wealth now islam does require you to pay penance uh just like other many other um sections of uh christianity do you know, the Seventh-day Adventists and everything where you give a percentage of your salary. But uh, if you're going to be part of a organization that, you know, requires you to redistribute wealth and have extreme social programs, then why can't you do it yourself? There's nothing stopping socialists from creating, you know, a less ridiculous version of Chaz or CHOP, those autonomous zones that popped up in 2020. Um, people do this. Amish people do this. Mennonites do this. Kanye West does this. I mean, you can go pool your money together, buy a big swath of land in Montana or Idaho or South or North Dakota, start your own, you know, little society and do that, Sean Doolittle. You have plenty. Is this him talking? Yeah, I recognize his beer. Let's hear what he has to say. It's glitching out on her here. What's the caption there? Oh, thanks for speaking. I guess it was at his event. Well, so I mentioned there's so many politics going on in Major League Baseball right now, Lewis. Um, if I, we go down a couple states south to Florida and Tampa, where, you know, um, Yankee, I, I was going to come up with a good name for him, uh, social media extraordinaire, Yakov Pollock lives. I think he lives near somewhere. I think his exact address is the following. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but in Tampa, five players are declining to have um, a, a Pride logo on their jersey because I believe that they're Christians. This is from Outkick.com. My friend Gary Sheffield Jr., who I call GS2 because it sounds cool, son of former major leaguer uh, Gary Sheffield Sr. Um, so there's five pitchers, I believe, who have all decided... They're not going to wear the thing on their arm, which is that star you saw above them. And now, of course, they're all promoting it um, because they're Christians. And, you know, the manager says this isn't going to bother anybody. This isn't going to separate the team. The manager's name is Kevin Cashman, which, of course, is also a cool name. But he says it's not going to divide the team, Lewis. Why? Because different people have different beliefs. Who would have thunk it? And who would have thought that if a bunch of you get together and you don't want to do it, that nothing bad will truly happen. People will be mad at you for a day and a half, and then you'll go back to playing base <laughs> oh, voice crack, baseball. And Harry Kane could really take a, uh, a page out of this book, Lewis. He's kneeling with the armband. I mean, he's still kneeling. Why is he still kneeling? Well, that's that's a very good question. I'd love to figure out that answer because I don't know that. <laughs> I don't have the answer for that. And I'd love to figure out why and figure out, like, what goes through Gareth Southgate's mind every time that he allows his, it to I think what it goes through his mind is, my God, I'm hideous. This is what goes through his mind most of the time. Take that, Gareth Southgate. Um, it's when he says that it's to do with educating. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> everybody's educated it's to educate people so kneeling down on a pitch is educating is it 
Is and, it? And I understand. There he is. Somebody put photoshopped a mask on. Let's show that one. He's not actually wearing a mask on the field, but he is wearing the armband and he is kneeling. And there's a Ukrainian there flag. <laughs> to tell you, that's a great image. I need to find that. Please send that to me, Olivia. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> and then uh, that retweet. song. If, if you want to put that, I'll retweet it. I don't mind. Although okay. I would probably police around a bit. They're now, still now kneeling. After that. And I understand there I has been a history, like football, soccer has handled this better in ways than other leagues because they don't usually go way over the top because there has been racism in soccer a lot in Eastern Europe um, during the Euro yeah. 2012. I remember uh, what uh, could you imagine? Ukraine had a lot of r very racist fans. They would make monkey chat. Not in Ukraine, Lewis. They had monkey chants at black players. They had um, anti-Jew banners that they would furl across the stadium. And um, these are only second division teams. It's not like they're men's clubs down at the pitch, Lewis. Um, so this stuff, this stuff happens. And usually soccer leagues are pretty good about this. You know, they can have the thing where it says end racism or play, anyone can play. But of course, it's the English men's team who takes it far and beyond everybody because they want to outwoke everybody across the world. And Harry Kane just can't help himself. Maybe if England won something, we'd be a bit more happy. Lewis Brackpool. Let's get to our final new segment here. Uh, we're doing something new. We put together a little bit of a it, it, sports themed almost plays of the week, but it's political plays of the week. Do we have that, Olivia? I sent it to you in a MP4 format on our messenger service we have here. We won't out ourselves for that. And basically, we just want to go through some of the quicker stuff that's happened in the past week. Um, pardon me? You, it is in the... Uh, interesting. You didn't get it. I would love to leave and come back and send it to you. Now, it's in the one with both of Lewis and yourself. Um, it's got uh, all the uh, notes there. You got it there? Uh, we'll give her a couple minutes, Lewis. Um, do you, what, what do you think is the reason that they can't let this go in the English Premier League, Lewis? They're worried. I think um, when you have major corporations still backing um, this message, even after finding out that BLM are scammers, um, <laughs> you know, even after that, they they kind of want to keep pushing that 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 type of virtue signaling. It's actually it's it's made me tired almost because I'm just I'm so sick and tired of it. And on top of that, when the Hungarian um, students were booing them, um, there was no sort of well why are you booing them? There was no questions being put to say well why why are you booing? I'm sure they would have given uh, a good answer to that um, because nobody wants politics and sport anymore. Everyone's sick and tired of it. We've had the, the most draining two and a half to three years of continuous ramming down of our throats, politics, COVID, the lot. And people just want to watch sports just to tune off and just, you know, enjoy the game. And now you've got still years later, um, a, a type of Marxist-styled um, um, virtue that is a way to educate people. We're all oh, learning I, very I'm much. Sorry. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's people. People are sick and tired of, of politics and sport. The gesture doesn't educate. It actually divides more people because people get absolutely sick and tired of it. And there's no questions to people booing to say, hang on a minute, why? Why are we? Um, why are they booing? Why, why? What's the reason for this? It's just they're ignorant. They're wrong. We're right. And there's no sort of hang on a minute. Can we approach this differently? You know, we have Kick It Out, which has been an organisation between for, for decades now, and they've done wonders with, with what they've uh, with what they're campaigning for, and have tremendous backing. And you know, calling out all of the the horrible disparities from many games from decades, from not even going to European games or Eastern European games, from our own backyard. And mm -hmm. you know, we're all pretty in tune with that. But then when you start mimicking Americanized Marxist political agendas, it becomes tiresome and it becomes sort of like there's no message here. It's just your virtue signaling. There's nothing. There's no. What's the, what am I trying to say, Andrew? There's no value to conversation. Yeah, there's no. There's no spirit behind it. And there was a couple players who, um, who stood up against it. Wilfred Zaha was one African yep. guy, and then. A uh, Champions League player for Nottingham Forest. I forget his name, but he yep. was against it as well. All right, we have the video yep. queued up. Uh, let's put that on the screen there, Olivia. And uh, let's just say whatever you want, Lewis. Uh, the first thing here, go ahead and play it. Well, it's Disney for a start. So the first thing happening here, Lewis, uh, Disneyland Paris. Somebody's trying to propose. And apparently it's the wrong, the wrong place to do so. Sorry, going? Oh, so this is an employee who just comes in and steals the ring. <laughs> and he just... Yeah, it's going to be even better over here. I've just ruined your life. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is pro-abortion activists versus Christians. Okay. Does anybody believe this guy's knocking anybody out, though? Why do I doubt that? Especially those most in need of thy mercy. Is that why you don't like abortion? Because like the buffalo shooter, it reduces white birth rates? Are you supportive of the buffalo shooter? Is he like helping your agenda? He's throwing everything at the wall. And my responsibility as prime minister is to serve all Canadians, not just the Canadians who voted for me. Unvaccinated ones? And that will always mean- <laughs> Truckers? Listening to people you don't agree with, and figuring out how to compromise in ways that keep people safe and move things forward. And it's messy. And it's far easier to stand <laughs> Sometimes you have to say, freeze people's bank accounts. safe again. Much Man, harder to figure out how to actually do it. <laughs> He's so lame. Well, this is more pro-abortion protesters at Boston Celtics game. Topless. You know what has 
can do a lot with abortion, basketballs. So this is an MP, an image uh, on Parliament Hill in Canada. They have a picture of a woman at security who hasn't revealed her vaccination status. So, so they're wow. checking every single time. This is just a robbery in broad daylight in Brooklyn. By gunpoint. And everyone just filming it. It's a normal thing, Lewis. This is New Orleans. Yeah, um, gun control up very, very <laughs> Just a regular day. Yeah. Um, a story came out where Kanye West took uh, actor Danny McBride on a boat and asked him to play him in a movie. <laughs> Lewis, I don't know how you think that one would go. Uh, more of this. Yeah, this is one of the drag queens being accosted by uh, one of the reporters there. Yeah, I believe so. You don't think that's disgusting? Great argument. You should be ashamed of yourself dancing for little children. You should be ashamed of yourself. You got dancing little children. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You're disgusting. Think about what you just did. Okay, that's fine, but you dance naked in front of little children. You did, you did. You did. <laughs> Things are going off when the green-haired mullet lady. It's <laughs> always That's always the time to stop when we break out the mullets. See, I have another angle for this. I think the gorilla, uh, gorilla the orangutan just really wants to hug this guy. He's not hurting him, is he? Well, maybe I've never been gripped by an orangutan before. Please don't leave me. It's kind of sad if you think about it. Maybe he just wants a friend. This is Lewis when his friends try to leave from playing FIFA online. Does he bite his leg? Was he biting his leg? I don't know. He looked like he was biting his leg. That video, I'm sorry, it's so funny. I don't know why. I think it's the reaction because <laughs> he's not saying anything. He's just going... Well, that thing could literally tear you in half, so that's the problem there. I think that he's thinking about. Do we have any more paid chat, or is that the end, Olivia? Okay, that's the end. Uh, may no orangutans grab you guys. Don't get too close to them. Thank you for watching rebelnews.com slash livestreams with Lewis Brackpool and myself. Click on the UK reporting tab to see his latest stories about, you know, do women have penises and such? Um, and my show will be airing tomorrow night with Jason Miller of Getter, the CEO. He's got new features to talk about. And the youngest Billboard charting hip-hop artist ever, Chandler Crump, who, of course, got banned for Let's Go Brandon while being on the Billboard charts. Um, anything to say, Lewis? Just thank you for having me once again and putting up with me, mate. I know it's been a while. Mm -hmm. um, but I've cried many a night. Yeah. I thought so. I've sent you many a nose bitings, but we live on. We do live on and move on. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave you with a clip from someone. What's this, Olivia? She can't remember. I can't remember. Rebelnews.com slash live streams. <laughs>
every single day to get the best feed. Thank you for everybody watching on all the alternative platforms and rebelnews.com directly. We will see you across the pond next week, Lewis Brackpool. Sit, mate. You really take it easy. Take it easy. Oh, yeah. chance for me to say thank you more formally. The, the Chevy Volt is upstairs. We'll be able to take a look at it. Thank you. you got about a thousand photos. Yeah. Is it a plug? It's as simple as that. The batteries are in the trunk? No, the battery in this particular design is a T shape right down the center and across the back seat area. Because everybody thought we killed the electric vehicle. No, we didn't. It's alive and well. So what's charging the, the batteries right now? What, where, where's, what's the source of a... Well, here. It's, it's coming from the building. I mean, is it... Um, what's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't I don't know... They're... Uh, I bet you they're a bit of coal. Oh, they're heavy on natural gas, aren't they? Uh, right now, the car is charging off of your grid. Right. It would be charging off... Uh, our grid, which is nine, about 95% coal.